Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. I do want to start with the fact that today is a gigantic day in our history that is not being covered by the mainstream media, big social media, or the Democrat Party. Today, today, this date, please write this down, a date that shall live in infamy. Today is the day that in the United States, if you believe what uh, the HHS has said and the CDC has said, today in America, one million people have died because of COVID. One million people as of today in the United States of America have died from COVID, a virus that was created in China in a laboratory that was built to uh, create viruses like the Wuhan uh, death virus that they created. So one million people in the United States have died from a virus and nobody is talking about it. Is there any greater evidence of a political story? 600,000 people have died since Joe Biden became the president, and that's with two vaccines. That's with people being uh, double vaccinated and boosted, and now the uh, uh, Pfizer, I guess, is, uh, is pushing a, another uh, vaccine shot for elderly people and, and for uh, children under two years old. But there are one million people dead in America because of COVID. Now, I do not mean to take away from anyone who knows someone who passed away with COVID or of COVID. That is not what I'm trying to, uh, to do here. I personally survived COVID. I was uh, unvaccinated for uh, health reasons. I did not get the vaccine because there's a thing called mitocarditis that happens, and I experienced that uh, earlier in life. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, since my chances of surviving the virus, according to my age and my uh, physical fitness level, although I could stand to lose about 30 pounds, and I'm trying, uh, my chance of survival is about 99.7%. So I said, hey, you know, let's go ahead and uh, try the covid thing. I'll, I'll take my, uh, my meds and all that stuff, my vitamins, took my vitamins, my vitamin C, still take my zinc, my vitamin C, and all that stuff, uh, and a few other things. And then I got COVID. It wasn't pleasant by any means. I never thought I was going to die. I was very tired, though, and I lost my sense of taste and, uh, and smell. And, uh, and I pulled through. But I have always said from the get-go that if this number of 1 million people 
dying of COVID is true, then don't you suppose our world should be upside down on this date, the uh, one million death anniversary of COVID? One million people in our country, realizing in a country of 330 million people, that is uh, you know, not, a, not a gigantic percentage of the population, but if you look at the number of people who died in the Vietnam War, around 50,000 people, or if you look in uh, you know, the, a variety of other metrics associated with disease, uh, one million people dying of a virus, kind of a big deal, kind of a big deal. But again, nobody is making a big deal out of it now because there are too many other things to uh, make into a big deal that are not related to this and are not terribly important, but uh, must create and tow a party line, a political party line. I saw this piece, and this is in The Atlantic from Ed Young, and I save, I bank a lot of material. That's why my office looks so messy. But uh, the, the headline was, how did this many deaths become normal? The U.S. is nearing the 1 million uh, recorded COVID-19 deaths without a social reckoning that such a tragedy should provoke. Why is that, kids? Why is that? According to this article, at least 953,000 have died from COVID. The true toll, likely even higher. Many deaths went uncounted on May 24, 2020, as the United States passed 100,000 recorded deaths. The New York Times front page filled the front page with the names of the dead, describing their losses. Incalculable. Where has been the, the uh, we needed the votive uh, lighted uh, uh, candles in the bags up and down the, the reflecting pool in front of the uh, Lincoln Memorial? Where the hell is that? Joe Biden did that right after he became the president of the United States. What, where is that? Where is that reverence? Why, what is the problem? Is it because maybe this COVID death number is a lie? Is it because there was a, as the previous a CDC director under Donald Trump said, a perverse incentive to declare deaths from COVID? And then you hear the CDC director just a few months ago that's saying that uh, the people who are hospitalized for COVID didn't go to the hospital because they had COVID. It's just they went there with broken ankles or whatever and ultimately uh, took a COVID test. And these COVID tests are, uh, are a little loose, to say the least. They are a little hypersensitive, to say the least. And people test positive for it in the hospital. Now, I have said from the very beginning, and again, I'm not meaning to say that this is a fake uh, a disease or whatnot, but I've always said that it has been played up. The danger, the fear, has been played up politically, and I think I can say so without uh, without a doubt. I said that 2020 was 2020 and 2020 because it was 2020, and I was right because that was an election year and the virus was the worst thing in the history of mankind. And oh my God, oh my God, we've got to shut down everything. We've got to shut down everything. We've got to change the way people vote. We've got to send out uh, mail-in ballots. We've got to put out drop boxes all over the place, sponsored by and paid for by Mark Zuckerberg. We've got to actually send people into nursing homes to gather ballots uh, from people who cannot vote in uh, in states like Wisconsin because, you know, because uh, of COVID. And those people cannot be monitored in, in nursing homes because COVID. And so relatives uh, can uh, watch outside as they're as their relatives die of COVID, but they can't be there while uh, somebody who is uh, not authorized to be an official pollster or, or election worker can go in and, and uh, fill out a ballot for them. Kind of weird how that happens. You know, all these election laws change. And, oh, and then cities burn down. I mean, literally 500 plus riots in America uh, happened over the summer of 2020. And then as soon as it neared the election, it started to show that it was impacting Joe Biden's uh, poll numbers. Then uh, suddenly it stopped. It just stopped. It just all ended. And so did, I guess, all sorts of racial strife in the country worth rioting over. It's kind of weird that way. Kind of weird that way.
Massachusetts Health Department admits a significant overcount of COVID-19 deaths, and the number one number could still be too high. This is just one state. I sat on this, too. This is my, my pile of COVID stuff. This has been coming all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Case uh, investigation determined the virus caused or contributed to the death. Uh, sometime it showed up as just the person died with COVID. We know that the pandemic has destroyed uh, remote learning uh, for children or destroyed uh, children's lives, but nobody has paid any attention to that. No headlines about that today. But one thing that has come out is that uh, Moderna has uh, said that they now have a COVID-19 vaccine safe enough for children as young as six months uh, or older. So literally, you know, your child could be six months old, little baby, go in and get your uh, COVID vaccine, even though your child doesn't need it. Do I want to make today's uh, death count the focus of the show? No, I don't. But I do think it needs to be acknowledged that if you are going to live by panic and you are going to broadcast fear by making people wear masks and making children continue to wear masks in cities like Los Angeles and New York City, then where the hell is your reverence today if the virus is so freaking deadly? If the virus was enough to shut down churches and and businesses and you weren't able to go to a concert for a year and you weren't able to, uh, literally there were places where you couldn't, uh, you couldn't assemble, they were going to send drones over your house to see if you had too many people at your barbecue for crying out loud. And yet today, nobody is mentioning this, which says to me, undoubtedly without a doubt, that all of this was falderall. All of this was political. It doesn't take away from the seriousness of a virus. It does take away from our response to it. I got to tell you, uh, of all the stories we could have and just leave in our rearview mirror, it is just, honestly, I would say um, unbelievable, but it's not. It is not. You've been played. On this date where one million people have uh, supposedly died of COVID, you have been played you who have been told you have to stand six feet apart from someone, you who have had to have your kids sit in a stupid mask all day at school and breathe his or her own waste, you who lost your business, you who lost your job, uh, you who your favorite restaurant is closed, it has been closed for a long time, you who were told you could not worship, you've been played. Something I've been saying since, oh, I don't know, April of 2020. Think about it. I could literally, I could go to the zoo and claim to be a chimpanzee. Because literally there is 0.1% of genetic material that would separate me from being a chimpanzee. Okay, I know, you're throwing jokes out there. I know I'm teeing you up. I, I, I write comedy for a living. Well, it doesn't surprise you that Rob Carson thinks that, you know, he could become a chimpanzee. I mean, he acts like one every day. You know, okay, I know, I just... Don't challenge me, uh, you know, on the comedy thing. I already know. I, I know. I, I, trust me. I go for low-hanging fruit all the time with regard to comedy. I get that. But, I, you know, let me make my point before you start saying, oh, yeah, well, you are a chimpanzee. Won't you eat a banana? Uh, you know. Anyway, but literally, uh, as far as genetic material is concerned, about 0.1% of my genetic material separates me from some animals. Uh, and the same goes for you, by the way. Uh, so if you, you're making a joke about it, I'll just say, well, you pretty much probably have the same uh, DNA structure as me because you're human, you know. And the fact that uh, we have a Supreme Court justice, we think about this. We, we have the, the line pushback on stupid 
and unbelievable every single day. We've been told this and this and this is this is that and right is wrong and wrong is right. And, and, and it just keeps getting dumber and dumber. And that's why I brought up yesterday, we are sinking into a black hole of stupid. Um, and it's so powerful, like a light trying to escape from a black hole because of the, the gravity associated with a black hole. So powerful, even light can't escape. This, this stupid black hole is so deep that even reason, thought, and science can't escape from it. Because the stupid becomes so overwhelming that you can't say anything about it. Because, you know, if you do, you'll get sucked into the stupid black hole. It honestly, it's, it's beyond belief. It's beyond belief that at a, a uh, hearing to decide who is going to be on the Supreme Court, we had this exchange and this answer. It's her actual answer. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- I'm not a biologist. Well, my, my wife actually, she asked me why I purchased a snowblower. Uh, this winter, she says, did, did we talk about this, about you buying a snowblower this winter? And I said, hey, I'm not an accountant here. I mean, I don't know anything about money. What the hell? I got a snowblower. What, why are you even questioning me? I'm not an accountant, you know? And, of course, I didn't work very well. You know, and this last weekend, she asked me to put the lights in on her new she shed out back. And I said, what, what? You think I'm an electrician? I'm not an electrician. I, try that with your sig other. Just try that a couple times with your sig other. See how that works out. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson, actually. He stated it. He, he said last night, this is what he said about what Katanji Brown-Jackson should have said. For a world-famous scholar like Katanji Jackson, that should have been effortless. Talk about slow and steady right down the plate. A woman? Jackson might have said, looking incredulous. Yeah. That's simple. A woman is a human being with two... Ex- Even 10 years ago, if you asked that question, you go, can we, can we be serious here? You, say, you know what, do we need to address that? Let's move on to something that is actually meaningful. Chromosomes. Ask any geneticist. It's detectable in a blood test. But if you're still confused by what a woman is, you can ask a doctor. Women have wider pelvises and different bone structures from men, not to mention very different genitalia. It's usually pretty obvious that women, just by looking at them, Women are built differently because their bodies are designed to do different things. Nature is real. Women menstruate. Women give birth and then breastfeed. Men do not do these things because they can't. Men can't get abortions either, Democrats. Not a single man in all human history has ever had his period or delivered a baby. And I know this, Senator, because I'm a woman myself. In fact, that's why I'm here. Joe Biden nominated me to the Supreme Court because I am female. And he has said so himself many times. The president knows exactly what a woman is. If he didn't know, he wouldn't have picked me, obviously. So please, Senator Blackburn, do not waste my time. With all respect, that is an incredibly <laughs> stupid question. Thank you. That's what she said is said. But instead, she said, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Dear God in heaven. <laughs> I mean, are you, I, what the hell? You know, I mean, I've been presiding over the funeral for common sense for a very long time going, oh, my God, it's such a shame. It died. Common sense. Uh, the, the burial is tomorrow, but the visitation is tonight. Common sense. You we were once a great thing. And now, I mean, dear God, common sense. Be, forget it. It's not even common anymore. And that we're even entertaining this is so ungodly ridiculous. It is beyond the pale. It is beyond the pale. And again, the giant vortex, the sucking vortex of stupidity, the black hole of stupidity, uh, do what you can. Honestly, right now I'm sitting right on the periphery, okay? I'm on, I'm on the, uh, uh, what the, there's a, the event horizon on the, uh, the black hole of stupidity, and I'm fighting, fighting not to get sucked in. Let's go to Tony. <laughs> 
Let's go to Tony in Cockeysville. Not sure what he's identifying as today, but uh, welcome to the show there, Tony. What's going on, my friend? Hi, Rob. I, I identify as a male. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Slightly overweight, middle age. Yeah, well, how's that? Okay, there you go. All right. All right. So anyway, getting getting to the uh, to the deaths from COVID, and I look at the statistics, and I've called you before, and I've called the other guys on the station before, because I followed this from the very beginning, going directly to the CDC website stats, directly yes. to the stats. The oh, yes. stats don't lie. Yes. Okay? The excess deaths in the United States has not risen dramatically. Yeah. In fact, it's been pretty much on par with what's happened in the last maybe 10, maybe 10 years or so. And when you look at the United Nations statistics, because the CDC won't, the CDC hasn't and refuses to put full statistics for 2020 and 2021, they still haven't put up the date, the statistics for 2020. But we have about, it went up from 2.4 million to about 2.8 million people per year in the United States die mm-hmm. every single year. Mm-hmm. That started increasing a little bit since about 2010 or 2012 when the baby boomer, boomers yeah. after World War II, who are now in their 70s and 80s, have started to die off. Sure. So what's happened, though, is the number of people that are dying grows a little bit, one percentage point a year, which is natural because we have a higher, uh, a, an older population. Yes. But the excess deaths, which is the number above what is projected to die, has not changed. All those people who died from COVID in the very beginning of 2020, unfortunate they died. Those people, all those deaths were clumped together in a smaller time frame. Those people, unfortunately, they were elderly, were going to die in 2020 anyway. It's unfortunate. But what happened was they all clumped together at one point in time at the first six months of the year. That's what happened. As time went on, the number of deaths has not changed. The excess deaths has not changed. The categorization of the deaths has changed. When you look at the statistics, especially from the United Nations and the CDC, you will see that the only thing that's changed, and they keep putting caveats on it, is that more people died from COVID, but the number of people who died from heart disease hasn't changed, from accidents hasn't changed. They're just ascribing COVID to people who have Tony, died. What they're doing, what they're doing is, they're, they're, and what I've said from the beginning, they are inflating the numbers. The uh, previous, uh, she worked with uh, Fauci, uh, Burks, Burks. Uh, she actually said this. She said that the numbers were inflated for the election. She said that the numbers were inflated in the election year. I have it. I'll find it. She said it, and now she's no longer in the public eye. Uh, so basically what you're saying, Tony, is that the one million death count is a lie. It is, and I have said this from the beginning, people have died not of COVID, but with COVID. A lot of people have died of COVID, I get it. But even the CDC director said that people who are dying of COVID had between four and six comorbidities. Hey guys, it's Carson. I want to talk to you about GenuCell Plant Stem Therapy. I've been using this for around 10 years now. And people say the uh, puffiness and bags under your eyes are the hardest thing to get rid of until now. One of the things that I've discovered in life is the older you get, the uh, worse you look in the morning. And with its instant effects, GenuCell is guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks, and I can attest to it. GenuCell contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, GenuCell uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. Now, 
Go to GenuCell.com slash Carson right now to try risk-free. Enter my promo code Carson10 at the checkout for an additional 10% off today. That's GenuCell.com slash Carson. It is a sad day, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because one million people have passed away from COVID, but nobody's paying attention to it. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, our Supreme Court nominee. Really? So that's our montage put together by by Ken, my producer. Thank you, Ken. I do appreciate it. So um, interesting. Uh, and I made some observations last night. You know, Rachel Levine, uh, Rachel Levine, who is, uh, was Richard Levine, by the way. Um, I was thinking about this because if, if there are some things that you can, you can claim to be that will benefit your performance, like, for instance, if you're a male athlete and your, your, your athletic prowess is, is uh, waning with age, you can become a woman. You could say you're a woman and then beat the crap out of women because you're uh, d- generally much stronger than, uh, than most women. Uh, Richard Levine was a, a hackneyed, close-to-retirement white guy. Um, and uh, a bureaucrat and was not really going to make probably any marks in his career after 30-plus years of service. And then he claims <laughs> to be a woman, and boom, uh, USA Today makes him one of the women of the year. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? You know, and, and listen, if, if Rachel Levine decides she wants to be Rachel Levine, that's all cool and everything. I just think it's kind of funny that this hackneyed middle-aged man who had two children with a wife and the kids are going, oh, my God, what the hell happened? Uh, but all of a sudden is now the center of attention, a history-making human being, someone who has broken down the glass ceiling <laughs> that uh, that uh, never existed above him until he uh, decided to become a woman a few years ago. It is really, really remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. I had mentioned earlier that it would be much more difficult for me to claim to be a woman because of my uh, my XY chromosome versus women who have an, two X's. My wife doesn't have two X's. She only has one. But yeah, his name was Roger. It was an early marriage. It did happen when she was in her 20s. This thing happens. You know? But anyway, uh, two X's, I've got an X and a Y, but I am only 0.1% away from being a chimpanzee, uh, and I am also identical genetically to an Asian person, so I could be an Asian person, but being an Asian person wouldn't help me win in athletics, and it certainly, right now anyway, wouldn't get me into Harvard. <laughs> it's just so... Here's some other, uh, these are some thoughts I had last night in my, uh, my middle of the night wake up uh, 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 that I do frequently. Um, when it comes to... Uh, nomination hearings in uh, Congress. When it comes to a Republican nominee, everything is fair game, including false accusations from 30 years ago from a person who doesn't remember what year, where, and has no uh, witnesses uh, to corroborate. Any Democrat nominee questions are attacks. Republicans are racist, misogynistic, QAnon supporters, mean-spirited. Republican nominees are not qualified, and everything negative, regardless of facts, are subject for dis- disqualification. That's what happens when you're a Republican. If you're a Democrat, uh, they are the most intelligent, best qualified candidates with flawless judicial records without question. Ketanji Brown-Jackson is the perfect amalgam of the class of 1968. 
They just kept espousing the same Marxist theory, even though it had been shown to leave, uh, you know, in its wake 100 million deaths in the last century. So she is the perfect, uh, if you were going to in Westworld and you were going to do 1968, if you want to go visit Westworld 1968, she would be the perfect Westworld robot. 1619 Project supporter, uh, hates the country as founded because she's a 1619 supporter and a CRT supporter, by the way, which says, of course, that if you are a black in America, you cannot succeed because of institutional racism, even though she has reached the echelons, the highest echelons of jurisprudence, uh, position, and salary of anybody and sends her children to a very expensive private school that espouses critical race theory. She can't define gender. She can't define when life begins. Believes wholeheartedly, as I said in CRT, school board member at a school that espouses the same CRT and sexual nonsense that has outraged uh, people around the country and even lost a governorship in Virginia. And by the way, three school board members in San Francisco were recalled because of this nonsense Nonsense. And I think it is Barack Obama. And I, I'll go ahead and say it. This is, you know, is, is it provable right now? No, no, no. But, but I do believe the, the strings have been pulled by Barack Obama uh, and his ilk. This all started, uh, uh, you know, years ago when Barack Obama was running. Then when he got to the White House and he wasn't able to accomplish it all while he was in the White House. He even said that he would like to be pulling the strings uh, of who's in the White House and, and be in the background and nobody would know about it. He said that. That said, I do believe that he is uh, helping to guide this. And, and in some way, this isn't about a black woman, uh, of course. This is not about a black woman getting on the Supreme Court. Otherwise, they would have considered, uh, you know, conservative black women. This was about using someone under the cover, uh, the protective cover of being black and being a woman and putting in the most extreme viewed the most extreme leftist you possibly could. Someone whose ideology, as I just mentioned, right over here, the sheet that I just read from, has been wholly rejected by the American people by and large time and time again. But this is a way to get her in a position where she can hold sway and keep alive the moist dream of the class of 1968. All right, the class of 1960. Let's go to Richard in uh, Joppa. Is it Joppa? Hello there, Richard. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm good. What's up? Hey, I have it upon good authority that Clarence Thomas is going to change his name next week to Clarice, and he's going to be the first black female justice ever. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. Wouldn't, you know, it, be a, I, wouldn't I, it be a buzz kill I, I, for the I, left in this country? No, you know what? I've decided I'm a woman now, so, uh, uh, yeah, you know. And, and a conservative wanted that. A conservative black female is our first justice. Wouldn't that yeah. be amazing? But also, but also not only a woman, but a transgendered woman. Now, listen, and uh, listen. If you are transgendered, you are a woman, so why would you, then the historical significance of trans doesn't make any difference. Right? Yeah, that, that is so bizarre. <laughs> I, it, look, I, I, was born in, I was born in 66, okay. and I always felt like I'm not a baby boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah, me too. And in, in the 80s, when I was growing up, we had pop music. You would hear a song from Run DMC. The next song would be from Aerosmith. The next yeah. song would be from The Cure, Depeche yeah. Mode, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie. I, I really feel like I was the first colorblind uh, generation. 
Well, Richard, I've been saying this for years about Gen X, uh, and, and honestly, the fact that uh, millennials and now Gen Z are claiming that it's 1968 all over again is absolutely laughable. You and me, we know what it's like to grow up with uh, Sesame Street. You and me uh, never saw Captain, we never thought that Captain Kirk kissing O'Hara was a big deal. That was a generation before us. Uh, we also yeah. watched a Schoolhouse Rock, which taught us to be proud Americans, taught us to be colorblind. My first superhero was Verb. He was a black superhero. Uh, you remember Verb? That's what's happening. My favorite yeah, t- TV. I, I, re- my- I remember being deeply offended. I remember being deeply offended by some of my. I grew up in foster care, yeah. and I remember being deeply offended by some of my older neighbors and older people who had those race racial tendencies. And I remember just being utterly appalled yeah. by that. I but at the same time, you know, um, at the same time, I, you know, I understood how the division was driven by the government, by the separation, by the things that they did to segregate everybody. Richard, and that's what caused the division. And, and as, as a first Gen Xers, I, I believe that we really did, a, we made a lot of progress of bringing that together. And I think that rubber band's stretching out again. You want to hear something weird, Richard? Do you realize there's never been a Generation X uh, president? We left college. We got into uh, the business of life. We raised our children. Now we're, uh, you know, in our 50s in, in some cases, 40s in other cases. Uh, it is remarkable. Uh, I've been talking about this for a very long time. My dad was a World War II generation guy. He was not a racist, but he would say things that today you'd be like, he would say, you know, a colored guy at work, you know, and, and that, you know, right. that guy was George, and George would come to our house for dinner. And we would never say, he would never say anything like that. It was just, it was a part of the vernacular. Uh, I remember, I remember one of the bellwether moments of my childhood. We, you know, we would watch Sanford and Son, Good Times, What's Happening. Those were our favorite TV shows. And we would also make, uh, what the hell, All of the Family. Those were our favorite TV shows and then uh, Alex Haley's roots came on and instead of sitting here like a midwestern white people you'd think oh you're making fun of them black people man we sure do like to watch them blacks uh, you know uh, all enslaved and everything no we were moved by it we were we were touched yeah, by it we remember, watched it we watched it we talked about it watching, I remember my mom watching roots and crying my foster mom I remember her in absolute tears over the treatment and how like it just how upset she was by that show and 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 what had been done to African Americans at that point. You know? Yeah, and it's she was mortified. And the reason why I bring this up, the, there are two generations, and I'm not trying to paint everybody here, but you know, I was called a slacker in, in my 20s even though I wasn't. But, uh, you know, we've got two generations, the, uh, the uh, millennials of Generation uh, Z, who have not had a crisis. They've not had a, uh, uh, a war. They've not had a, uh, a civil rights movement. Uh, and they need to create themselves as they need to make themselves into victims to show that, you know, even though they're... We're, we're, we were the last generation to have three channels on the television, not have a cell phone all the time, uh, skin, knees, and sunburn. Uh, those things don't happen to the younger yeah, generation. They, they've never crawled under their desk for fear of nuclear war. No, you know they—they they, <laughs> all the things that we had to do or that we understood, you know, um, and how bad communism was. I think maybe the one thing about this Russia thing that may be a benefit is seeing how no. terrible communism is. You know, I think this might be the one good thing that comes out of this whole thing. All right, all right. To see what happens. When a dictator can make all the demands and run the media and do all of those things, maybe it'll cause a resurgence and we can get back to being regular Americans who are free. Hey, Richard, I got two questions for you as a Generation Xer, okay? You got to make the choice. Uh, Green machine or big wheel, which one? Uh, I'm a big wheel guy. Me too, I'm a big wheel guy. Another one, uh, Huffy Thunder Road or Schwinn Stingray? 
Uh, Swin Stingray. Boom. <laughs> but I will say, but I, but I will say, I will say the big. The reason why I like the big wheel yeah. is because when you got a little bigger, you could take the seat off and you could use it like a scooter. And you could stand on it. Hell yeah! See, I was exactly. beyond the waist. I was beyond the eighty-five pound weight limit in second grade, so I had to do that. Uh, Real quick, uh, let's go to John in Palisades Park, New Jersey. Hello there, uh, John, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you, bro. Um, I I did come across an article you may not have seen. It's buried on the back page of the sports section. Uh, COVID is going to be over in New York City next Thursday. Why is that? Um, New York City to lift vaccine mandate, which is good news for Nets, Yankees, and Mets. So the mayor plans to lift the private sector vaccine mandate on Thursday, next Thursday. So, so. Uh, all it took was for the Yankees to get upset about it and get involved, and, uh, and, and COVID's over. You know, it's funny, John. <clears throat> there is this uh, this cabal with professional uh, uh, athletics and municipalities, and there, there always has been. It's kind of a good, uh, you know, an old uh, an old boys club, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We'll buy you a stadium, et cetera. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I'd like to know how much money was involved in that, hey, but John. But here's we'll never the deal. Know. We'll John, never know. but here's the deal. I'm sure, out of uh, sheer um, uh, gratitude to its fans, that the beers will be free. In the ballpark, oh, yes. you know, be- <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> All right, man. All right, thanks for the right. call, bud. Appreciate it. All right, we have a special guest on the Newsmax Hotline, uh, Representative Andy Biggs, uh, representative from uh, from Arizona, who I believe today is still identifying as a congressman. I could be wrong, uh, Andy. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Rob. Good to be with you. Glad to have you on the show. We've got a lot of things we need to get to. Uh, I guess first and foremost would be the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. Um, I have a question for you, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a, a legal scholar by any means. But do you suppose, since she can't tell you what a woman is, that she would have to recuse herself with regard to uh, Title Nine, uh, uh, any anything with regard to Title Nine or affirmative action, because she was nominated because she's a black woman. More importantly than being a black woman, uh, people were excluded for not being those things. Well, reality and common sense have gone wrong, so it doesn't matter what you and I think. Once she gets on the court, she's not going to recuse herself from anything. She's going to weigh in on everything. And that's that's what we're trying to poke a little fun at. But, I mean, this notion that the Supreme Court justice says, oh, I'm not a biologist. Uh, and at the same time, she's telling Diane Feinstein how thrilled she is to be a, a, a black woman and uh, nominated for the Supreme Court in the line of, you know, uh, uh, Kagan and uh, Sotomayor and Ginsburg and O'Connor. Seems to me like she could tell the difference there, but she, apparently she can't tell the difference to, when testifying. I think that her nomination, uh, obviously, it started with black woman. Okay, started with black woman. Although Clarence Thomas could just, you know, it, it destroy exactly. that in a heartbeat. All he's got to, I'm a girl, you know, I'm a dude, I'm a girl. So, um, but but um, when you when you look at her, I think that it was kind of not only a nomination because of her the color of her skin and her sex, but also as a middle finger to America, who has rejected. All of the things she stands for. And, okay, if you're going to reject this at the ballot box, then fine, we'll put this on the Supreme Court. I think there was some of that involved. If you can't get elected, well, uh, then, then we'll just yeah. go ahead and appoint. Go ahead. No, no, I think you're, I think you're right. But, but um, never underestimate just the sheer malevolence um, and craziness of the left and the people who are advising Joe Biden. Yeah, part of there's <laughs> some, there's some of that that say, well, you know, uh, we're going to put the. We're just going to 
give the finger to to uh, the America. Yeah. But part part of this part and parcel of this is they keep focused. They keep their eye on uh, on on for them what is the the long game. And the long game is basically yes. to uh, eradicate the uh, American uh, constitutional Republican liberal. Uh, ideology that, you know, when I say liberal, I'm talking about Lockean liberal type of philosophy that exists in the world, that really is the beacon to the world, and basically turn us into Venezuela, uh, except for they don't like nation states, they don't like the West Valley nation state. What they really want to do is emasculate America. So, yeah, they're giving the finger to us, but they're doing it in a way that actually moves the ball forward for the radical left. Well, I've been noticing that grocery stores uh, shelves are looking like Venezuela and car driveways are looking a lot like Cuba these days. Uh, and I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. Have you been by a car dealership lately? Andy Biggs, have you tried to buy a new car lately? They're, they're <laughs> no, not I there. I, I, I can't get the gas to drive to the car lot. I can't I know. You know, <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I was driving last night and I looked, took a look over and, and saw... Four dollars and seventy nine cents a gallon gas, and I'm like, uh, who would have thought of that? I mean, oh, yeah. fifteen months ago under Donald Trump, you you never would have said, oh yeah, we have a time here coming in the next year or so where you're gonna no, nobody can really afford gas. You need yeah. to be making three hundred fifty thousand bucks a year to be able to afford <laughs> to fill up your tank. Yeah. You might have to take a second mortgage out on the house to fill up the tank of uh, 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 gas on your car and everything else that goes with it because everything is yeah. trucked and transported using gas. And diesel was well over five bucks a gallon. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, t- I'm touring businesses. I'm touring businesses all over Arizona yeah. this week. Yeah. And they're all talking about this. They're all talking about it. And this administration has done it. Um, so we need to put that sticker on the on the gas on pump, the gas pump uh, with yeah. Joe Biden saying, I did this. <laughs> did now, you've got a couple of Congress people who are going to try to push through a, uh, a monthly $100 stimulus to uh, p- cover the gas prices. I, it's just amazing, honestly. They create the problem, then they create the solution that you are going to pay for. Uh, it's I like to liken uh, Joe Biden with regard to making us energy dependent again and then going, well, oh, I don't know. It's like uh, uh, an inspector showing up at a murder scene and stepping over the body without notice- noticing it. You know, or... Yeah, where's, where's the body? <laughs> exactly. It's just it's ridiculous. I do want a couple of things real quick here. Uh, what are you doing with regard to the border in Arizona? I know that they're going to start building a wall in Texas. What's happening on the border in Arizona? I know that they're talking a giant influx of uh, uh, border crossings this month with the expiration of, what is it, Title 42? Uh, what's what's going on in Arizona? Well, not enough, in my opinion. We need yeah. to be getting the National Guard down there more more completely down there. Uh, our state had a, a budget surplus. We need to be expanding the uh, Department of Public Safety along the border, make sure they have what they, they need to p- provide support to um, the Border Patrol. But our local LEOs, our lo- local law enforcement, we need to make sure that they have the resources they need because they're doing so much as well. And um, I'm just telling you, I can go, I could I could take you down there and show you a place after place where people are coming through uh, in droves because we, we don't finish the fence. I mean, there are eight-foot gaps here, six-foot gaps here. 62 mile gaps there um and and so arizona's not in my opinion not getting enough done um to stop it um but you know let's let's just lay the blame where it where it belongs i mean the states are, are trying to fill in and they're having to fill in because uh this administration has emasculated the laws 
yep. uh, that govern uh, our border security, and, and it's a travesty. That's why, by the way, that's why uh, in uh, last August I introduced an, an impeachment article, uh, articles of impeachment against uh, Mayorkas, the, the, the head of the Homeland Security, because he's basically um, letting people in. I'll just, I'll just close because I know you're, you're in a hurry, but, but uh, more and more Russians are coming across right now. Oh, yeah. so you I don't know. tell them. I don't doubt that. Uh, one more thing, and I mean bullet points real quick. Uh, if and when the uh, Republicans take over Houses of Congress, uh, your priorities, one, two, three, just like one, two, three, just give me as fast as you can. What's on your mind uh, if that happens? Border security, inflation and economy, and uh, uh, improving our, our, our basically the CRT and the, the parental participation and education issues. Those are the top three. Andy, I greatly appreciate your time today. I appreciate your work also. I'm sorry that our time is nigh. But, you know, uh, Kamala Harris put it in perspective with her analysis of time two days ago. So... (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. Oh, that passage of time. It gave me a headache. Anyway, thanks for joining me. You can make sure to check you out on... uh, You are on Getter, and you are also on Twitter. I will post most of the accounts to my social media on Getter and Twitter. Uh, Thanks for the time today. Have a glorious day, and let's uh, have you on again soon if you wouldn't mind, okay? You bet, Rob. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.